is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Look. It's two days after this massive slaughter in Las Vegas, but the left won't relent. And by the left, I include the media. It is now, day in and day out, we're being bombarded with demands for gun control. We're being bombarded with late-night comics who demand gun control. With politicians taking to the floor of Congress demanding gun control with so-called hosts and journalists on cable and network TV demanding gun control. So I'm going to put out a question. Okay, what's your proposal? If you're listening to my program and you believe in more gun control and you believe that gun control or whatever control you have in mind would have stopped this subhuman barbarian or would have stopped the Newtown case where a mentally ill kid murders his mother, steals her legally acquired guns out of her gun safe, goes into an elementary school, and mows down these beautiful little kids. I would like to know what it is that you propose. I would like to know what it is that you propose. So call us now at 877-381-3811. Mr. Call Screener is ready. People say, we need to have a discussion about this. Tom Brokaw, like we've never had a discussion about this. Okay, let's have a discussion. I want to have a discussion. I want to know what it is that's being proposed or that people would propose to solve this. I mean, well, I won't give you my opinion yet. You already know my opinion. I think it's a fair question. I think it's a very fair question because this is being posed now, as it always is, as those who who oppose mass murder, and those who turn away from it. And those who turn away from it. And everybody's getting in on the act now. Everybody's getting in on this. Here's Chris Murphy, senator from Connecticut. He wants to run for president. Cut to, Mr. Producer, go. This epidemic of gun violence is a uniquely American problem. I guess this guy doesn't know what's going on all over the world. This epidemic of gun violence. And uh, he only takes to the Senate floor after this horrific event. But we have tens of thousands of people being murdered every year. We have a horrific situation where black, with black-on-black crime. You can look at our inner cities, places like Chicago. Every weekend, there's some monumental death toll and casualty toll. And they don't run to the Senate floor talking about that, now do they? Go ahead doesn't happen in any other industrialized country. And it's not because we have a higher rate of mental illness than other countries do. It's not because we spend less money on law enforcement than other countries do. It's because this country has the loosest set of gun laws allowing dangerous people to own dangerous weapons in the industrialized world. Let's just stop for a second. This is a very big country. We have 320 million people. 
it's a country of significant size, much larger than the UK, much larger than France, much larger than Germany. And the population is much larger. And I would just point that out. Go ahead. So what is unacceptable in the wake of the most deadly mass shooting in the history of the country is for this utter silence, this unintentional complicity from Congress to continue. By the way, I find it fascinating that this man can speak this way. He is an abomination and an extreme hypocrite. All these Democrats who voted for the Iran deal, they say they support common sense gun control, right? But apparently they don't support common sense nuclear arms control. All these liberals who wring their hands. And by the way, I haven't heard a single solution from any of them that would make any sense whatsoever. They supported $150 billion into the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, which is massively, massively involved in not just a nuclear effort, not just ICBMs, but conventional weaponry, spreading terrorism, murder, mayhem, and they voted for the deal. And then they tell us they're for common sense gun control. They're not even for common sense nuclear arms control. And we don't need background checks with the regime in Iran. We know who they are, we know what they are, and we know what they want to do. They've got all kinds of military-styled weapons over there in Iran. I'm just pointing it out. Mr. Murphy, I listened to your entire speech on the Senate floor. You didn't propose a single rational solution to what took place in Las Vegas. Not one. Just as you haven't proposed a single rational solution to what happened in your state in Newtown. Another horrific mass murder. You proposed nothing that would accomplish anything that you're saying. Now we have Hillary Clinton. Cut three, go. One of the first things Trump did when he became president was to undo the regulation from the Obama era. So, you know, mental health records no longer prevent you from buying a gun. In fact, being blind does not, not any longer prevent you from buying a gun. Well, we're really buy. having a big problem with blind people slaughtering people, aren't we, Mr. Producer? A big problem. We have no idea if there are mental records on this latest subhuman barbarian who slaughtered all those wonderful people in Las Vegas. We do know that the kid who murdered his mother in Connecticut and took her weapons, which she possessed legally, and slaughtered all those kids at that elementary school, that he did have mental issues. But he never purchased the guns. They weren't his. He killed his mother. Go ahead. I mean... This is beyond absurd. This is evil. Mm -hmm. This is nothing but pure, unadulterated greed motivated by people who want to sell as many guns as they can to engage in a falsity of fear and rhetoric. You know, there's rhetoric. a point at which politicians trip, trip over their own tongues because they're trying to come up with as many egregious words as they possibly can and they don't have a book of synonyms with them to check them out. Evil, fear, just trying to sell as many guns as they can, and so forth. 
Here's Ed Markey of Massachusetts on MSNBC yesterday. Cut five, go. When the Second Amendment was written in, in order to maintain a well-regulated militia. Now let's stop. You see, the, the liberals pretend they understand the Constitution. Even if they don't, they twist it. The reason why the framers of the Constitution, actually it was after, the first Congress proposed 12 amendments to the Constitution, sent them to the states, 10 were ratified. And the reason why the first Congress and the state ratification conventions adopted the second amendment with the well-regulated militia part was, listen to this, what's a well-regulated militia? The states would have a well-regulated militia. In other words, the states would have an armed force, which you could use for what? To defend themselves, including against the federal government. Here you have a leftist from Massachusetts who doesn't even understand what he's talking about, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because a large majority of our fellow Americans don't even know there's three branches of government and don't even know how to name them. So guys like Ed Markey get away with this stuff. Go ahead. Did not have in mind uh, that people could purchase guns indiscriminately, uh, go up into... Stop. People cannot purchase guns indiscriminately. We've got numerous federal and state gun laws in place. You can't purchase guns indiscriminately. There are, in fact, background checks. There are, in fact, background checks. Go ahead. The top of buildings and rain down uh, uh, this this death uh, on uh, on 59. Right, that's enough. That's enough. Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut. Cut six. Go. We can break the grip of the NRA and other special interests. Let's face it. The reason we don't have gun safety measures in the United States today is because of the NRA. And well, let's stop. Which gun safety measures would stop this? I'm tired of the propaganda. They want to engage, then we'll engage. I think the timing stinks. I think what the left does is unconscionable, but they do it day in and day out. They are relentless. They are resolute. And so it's time to engage. I want to know exactly what, quote, gun safety measures in the United States, unquote, would have stopped what took place. Sunday night, Monday morning. Go ahead. Feed them. Already losing their grip, and we can break their stranglehold on legislation by continuing this fight, and we will. I have an idea. The overwhelming majority of the American people and the overwhelming majority of the states agree with Mr. Blumenthal, then go ahead and propose an amendment to eliminate the Second Amendment. You need two-thirds of the House, two-thirds of the Senate, three-fourths of the state legislatures or conventions thereof. Go ahead and propose it. Let's see what happens. I'll tell you what happens. It'll die. Because they don't represent the vast majority of the American people. They simply don't. And this mass murder does not rest at the feet, at the feet of the Second Amendment. It doesn't rest at the feet of the National Rifle Association or the millions and millions of people who own weapons and conduct themselves responsibly as American citizens? This mass murder rests at the feet of the mass murderer. And if he hadn't used these weapons, 
He maybe would have used a truck filled with fertilizer. Maybe he would have taken a truck and driven down the Las Vegas Strip. Maybe he would have done a thousand different things to slaughter as many human beings as possible. Keith Oberman, on his GQ web series yesterday, Cut 7, go. And we have the Second Amendment, which was designed to keep the federal government from taking away the right of each state to maintain its own militia, which has now been transformed into an excuse for why madmen... Uh, actually, actually, it was designed for more than that. Uh, reading is fundamental, and for Mr. Oberman, apparently, uh, literacy is not. The Second Amendment says much more than that. I'm not the only one who believes that. The Supreme Court believes it, as do other courts. There's, of course, the framers of the Constitution and those who adopted the Bill of Rights. Anyway, go right ahead. Heritage or political purpose cannot be stopped from carrying at least ten long rifles into a hotel room in Las Vegas. No, he and could have been stopped by the hotel, but apparently they didn't know he was carrying ten long rifles into a hotel room in Las Vegas. This guy's a propagandist. All right, let's move on. Tom Brokaw, they dusted him off and brought him out on the Today Show yesterday. Cut eight, go. We cannot have a civil debate about guns and their use. As guns become more lethal, so does the political debate become more toxic. Let's stop. I am tired of this guy holding himself out as some kind of a, an objective icon, telling us what we can do, telling us what we won't do, telling us that we're incapable of doing certain things. He's another leftist. He's a leftist who has posed as a journalist decade after decade after decade. He's a leftist. He'll say, well, I own guns. Right. Well, you're the only guy in the whole world who knows what to do with guns and has no intention of harming people with it. The rest of us, you know, we're all psychos. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that's how they view us. All you deplorables out there. Me too. We own weapons, and that's a dangerous thing. A dangerous thing. Go ahead. The NRA, one of the most powerful lobbies in American politics. Really one of the most powerful lobbies in American politics. No, actually, there are many more powerful lobbies in American politics. The trial lawyers, National Education Association, uh, the health care industry, uh, the open borders uh, industry. There's a lot more powerful entities than the NRA. And, of course, they attack the NRA because they attack us. The NRA is an association which, by the way, is also permitted under the First Amendment, freedom of association. And the NRA is an association of several million, five million, six million individuals who believe in the Second Amendment. It's that simple. And let's be clear about something. These leftists, they don't like the Second Amendment. They only like part of the First Amendment, too. They don't like freedom of religion, uh, particularly for evangelical Christians, they don't like uh, freedom of speech. They've been proposing legislation to change our rights when it comes to election time. The only pure aspect of the uh, Bill of Rights that they support is freedom of the press. And they never say things like, you know, uh, when this nation was founded, they never realized there'd be uh, these corporate conglomerates who were uh, promoting the press. You know, they never realized anything like that, or an Amazon, or, uh, or, or three networks or anything like that. So why should we have freedom of the press? Shouldn't we have, you know, common sense freedom of the press reform? You'll never hear them say that either. I'm serious. I want to hear from those of you out there who have common sense solutions. I want to hear what they are. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
majority of gun-related deaths in America, as Shapiro points out today, and as uh, others have pointed out, are suicides. Suicides by handguns. The vast majority of murders that take place in America, overwhelming majority, are by pistols, by handguns, not by rifles. By pistols. Um, let's uh, let's take some calls here. Allen, Oli, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. Go. God bless, Mark. The one thing that must happen is we must change the perception war about weaponry. The left never handles weapons. So when we talk about guns, I'm talking about a 9mm Beretta. I live in a rural community. But there is no reason that we need to hang on to this argument that machine guns in America should be accessible to the public. There is no one do, in America... Do you, do you... I'm going to hold you up. Maybe you can do some research during the break. Do you know how hard it is to get a machine gun in America? I do. I also know how hard it is to get a carry permit in New York as a business owner. Okay, okay. We'll get back. I want to address each and every one of these. We'll be right back. If you turn off your radio and open the window, you can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. I don't know of any mass murder in my lifetime that was undertaken with a machine gun. Maybe this will be the first one. And we'll get back to the call. I want to tell you what's involved in getting machine gun. They're heavily regulated under federal law and state law, and many states ban them altogether. Federal law strictly regulates machine guns. That is, firearms that fire many rounds of ammunition without manual reloading with a single pull of the trigger. Here's part of it. Federal law requires all machine guns except antique firearms not in the U.S. government's possession to be registered with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, ATF. Federal law bars private individuals from transferring or acquiring machine guns except those lawfully possessed and registered before May 19, 1989. Federal law requires anyone actually transferring or manufacturing machine guns to get prior ATF approval and register the firearms. There is a federal registry. Federal law, with very limited exceptions, imposes an excise tax whenever a machine gun is transferred. Federal law bars interstate transport of machine guns without ATF approval. Federal law imposes harsh penalties for machine gun violations, including of up to 10 years, a fine of a quarter of a million dollars, or both, for possessing an unregistered machine gun. The lawful transfer of machine gun generally requires one, finally, transfer application with the ATF, Two, paying a transfer tax. Three, getting ATF approval. Four, registering the firearm in the transferee's name. Transferees must pass an extensive criminal background investigation to meet criteria for possessing firearms under state and federal law. Among those ineligible are felons and people, one, addicted to controlled substances, two, discharged under dishonorable conditions from the U.S. Armed Forces, or three, adjudicated mentally defected or committed to a mental institution. 
Federal law defines a machine gun as any weapon which shoots, is designed to shoot, or can be readily restored to shoot automatically more than one shot without manual reloading by a single function of the trigger. Since 1934, Congress has strictly regulated the manufacture, transfer, and possession of machine guns. They're regulated by the 1934 National Firearms Act, and the 1968 Gun Control Act is amended by the 1986 Firearms Owners Protection Act. The agency responsible for administering and enforcing federal firearm laws, including machine gun laws, is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Let's see. Federal law is a violation for any of the following to acquire a or possess firearms, including machine guns. Anyone under indictment for or convicted of a felony. Fugitives from justice. Illegal aliens. Anyone unlawfully using or addicted to controlled substances. Anyone subject to a domestic violence restraining order. Veterans discharged under dishonorable conditions. Anyone who has an adjudicated mentally defective or committed to a mental institution. People who have renounced their U.S. citizenship. Anyone who's been convicted of misdemeanor crime involving domestic violence. And it goes on and on and on. You cannot just walk into a store and buy a machine gun or an automatic weapon. Or an automatic weapon. Now, let's go back to our caller. Alan, go right ahead. Perception management requires that... Perception management? I'm not into perception management. I'm into reality and substance... And if there's something that you want to propose that will actually protect Americans, we want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear your psychobabble about perception management. Go ahead. Put a handgun in a college student's hand. All right, thanks for your call. Nobody's putting a handgun in a college student's hand. This is a simple question I have. Those who believe in common sense gun control, I want to know your common sense proposal. Okay. Keith, Richmond, Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, honor, pleasure to talk to you. Uh, big fan. I'm on the pro Second Amendment side of this. Um, this is actually a carryover from Sandy Hook and what I saw happen there, um, uh, where it just didn't evolve into anything, essentially, with legislation. The Democrats keep trying to push banning guns, banning guns. The conversation's not going to go anywhere. It's impractical. Plus, there's a whole Second Amendment thing. So my idea was to simply harden the soft targets. Uh, obviously, with Sandy Hook, it was a focus around schools. I think that's still a soft target. Um, you know, we have a lot of vets out there that, uh, you know, have training in this area that need not. You have one or two guys uh, at a school. Um, that can make all by, the- by the way, I don't disagree with this, but this, this is not perfect either. Let me give you an example. You harden up these schools, right? And I'm not opposed to it. So if you want to slaughter people and little kids, what do you do then? Go somewhere else, which is why you'd have to address... You go to a bus stop. Or you attack a bus. It's like people saying we need metal detectors in hotels. If hotels want to do it, they're private uh, enterprises, they're free to do it. So what happens? So people are slaughtered outside of a hotel. I'm just pointing things out that people say, well, we just have common sense. Now, if I own a hotel and I own, you know, and I run a school, I'm going to want to do the best things I can in that regard. No question about it. 
But in many respects, there's no end to this. So we want to use our noggins, you know, to do the best we can to try and deal with what potentially might happen. But the problem is this nation is filled with soft targets. And soft targets in many cases that we can't harden. All right, Keith? I agree. Yes, sir. All right, brother. You take care. Let's continue. Let's go to Steve, Oakdale, Connecticut. Go right. I, I want all common sense gun control proposals. I'm willing to hear every single one of them. Steve, Oakdale, Connecticut, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Good evening, Mr. Levin, sir. Uh, I'm not calling with a gun control proposal. I'm calling about Senator Blumenthal. I live under his curse, his, him and Senator Murphy. And Connecticut state law, in order to exercise your right to carry, you the state law, which had Senator Blumenthal's glowing endorsement, requires its citizens to attend an NRA basic firearm safety course or equivalent. So in a state that empowers the NRA, he hypocritically comes out and says, let's break the stranglehold of the NRA. There's no stranglehold. They provide safety to us. They give us means to safety. The state recognized it, put it into legislation, and requires it of the people in order to exercise their right. And then he comes out and says something. So backwards is that. And the NRA provides, at at a minimal cost, in many cases free, safety training. Safety training. You're, you're exactly right. And so if it's in Connecticut law, it is pretty uh, ridiculous, but nobody will care. All right, Steve. Thank you for your call, my friend. Eric, Indianapolis, Indiana, the great WFDM. We're looking for common sense gun control that I keep hearing about, but I can't figure out what it is. Go ahead. Uh, my My idea is essentially... Take the same idea that you do with um, a young child that wants to play a sport. <clears throat> they have to go get checked out by a doctor and get a physical check to make sure they're physically able to play that sport. Well, same idea with gun control is going to go to a doctor and get a mental evaluation, whether that be one or two doctors. All right, well, let, I've heard this, so, so let me ask you this. So do you go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist? That would be up to the legislation. No, 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 no cop-outs. You're the legislator. Is that a psychiatrist or a psychologist? I would say a psychologist. Okay, and what is the mental defect that you're looking for? What if somebody's been depressed in the past and they're on meds and they're not depressed right now? Can they get a gun? Uh, I, would, I, would, I would say no on that. No. So I anybody who's been depressed does not have a right to have a handgun. Excuse me? They're not mentally capable of owning their own weapon. Of course they're mentally capable of owning a weapon. What's that? Of course they're mentally capable of owning a weapon. They're mentally capable of driving a car, aren't they? But a car is not in the Constitution. Well, even more so. The Second Amendment is in the Constitution, so they have a, a, a preferred right. Right? Right, but but the So it's the opposite of what you're trying to argue. Then the medical examiner is going to be able to be the one to make that choice if they no, are we're not talking about a medical examiner. We're talking about it you said a psychologist. And a lot of this is very fuzzy stuff unless people can definitely be determined to be bipolar or or psychotic 
or still in a deep state of uh, mental depression and so forth, uh, okay, fine. But it's a much harder question than people just throw this around. Well, if they're not mentally capable, well, what does that mean? Well, I mean, arguably, I would say that our, our, our current state is pretty fuzzy as it is right now. Well, I don't know what that means. Well, in terms of, you know, obviously the left, it doesn't matter if you're left or right. We can all agree that, you know, what happens with mass shootings is, is a problem. First of all, first of all, we don't know in this case of this mass shooting if this guy was mentally infirm or had any such record whatsoever. But here's what confuses me. Guy has 42 weapons. 23 in a hotel room, thousands and thousands of rounds, 19 in his home. Are you suggesting that he's going to submit to a, a, a psychological or psychiatric examination as a condition proceeding to acquiring a weapon? Well, it would also have There's to an be- entire black market out there, so, or, or, or he can purchase it illegally. I mean, I, I'm not understanding. How is this common sense gun control? Well, I mean, what's the difference between. You know, my idea and somebody that buys, you know, a antidepressant from their local drug dealer down the street. You have to go to a medical person if you want to do it legally and if you want to do it. Sir, sir, you're not making any sense. If I if if this somebody wants to kill somebody, they're not going to follow your rules of of and conditions and and preconditions for acquiring a weapon. If somebody wants to improve their mental state, well, they'll go to a drugstore and they'll purchase the necessary prescriptions. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who have uh, in their mind the goal of murdering people. And I'm trying to suggest to you they're not going to take the time and wait for an appointment for a psychologist or a psychiatrist in order to acquire legally a firearm. It's not going to happen. Well, not with that attitude. All right, thanks for your call. So it's my attitude now. Okay. In other words, that's a preposterous idea because it's not going to happen. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. guns out there, you do have a stake in this debate. Oh, what the hell, is a gun show. No, we're not a gun show. I don't pretend to be an expert. Not a religion show, I don't pretend to be an expert. We have to discuss these things. Because they're out there. You know, by now you've heard about the Equifax breach, and how it may have impacted approximately 143 million of you. But do you realize that these hackers made off with the information that identity thieves need to impersonate you? Names, social security numbers, birth dates, and addresses. Now, this information can be used to open credit cards, loans, even apply for a mortgage in your name. Now's the time to get protection. Sign up for LifeLock today. They use proprietary technology to detect a wide range of identity threats, and they'll alert you if your information is being used. There's a problem. A U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the very best. LifeLock can help you see more than if you're just monitoring your credit. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or LifeLock.com. But in both cases, use promo code LEVIN. 
That's L-E-V-I-N. That way you get 10% off your LifeLock membership. And let me tell you something. With all the cyber warfare and cyber stealing going on by foreign countries and so forth, you need to protect yourself, in my opinion. You really do. Visit LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code LEVIN. Get 10% off now. What about the gun show loophole? You've heard about a lot about this, right? Close the gun show loophole. Despite, as they point out at Cato, despite what some media commentators have claimed, existing gun laws apply just as much to gun shows as they do to any other place where guns are sold. Since 1938, persons selling firearms have been required to obtain a federal firearms license. If a dealer sells a gun from a storefront, from a room in his home, or from a table at a gun show, the rules are exactly the same. He can get authorization from the FBI for the sale only after the FBI runs its instant background check, which often takes days to complete. Now it takes hours. As a result, firearms are the most severely regulated consumer product in the United States. The only product for which FBI permission is required for every single sale. Now, people who are not engaged in the business of selling firearms, but who sell firearms from time to time, such as a man who sells a hunting rifle, to his brother-in-law, are not required to obtain the federal license required of gun dealers or to call the FBI before completing the sale. Also, if a gun collector dies and his widow wants to sell the gun, she does not need a federal firearms license because she's just selling off inherited property and it's not engaging in a business. If you walk along the aisles at any gun show, you'll find that the overwhelming, vast majority of guns offered for sale are from federally licensed dealers. Guns sold by private individuals, such as gun collectors getting rid of a gun or two over the weekend, are the distinct minority. I know of no mass murders that have occurred from such sales. I know of no mass murders that have occurred from such sales. Moreover, according to an NIJ study, National Institute of Justice, released in December 1997, I don't know if it's been updated or not, 2% of criminal guns come from gun shows. 2%. And that's consistent with a study that was done in the 1980s. So again, these things are thrown around. They're thrown around. But they would not stop what these people claim they would stop. Laurie, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP, go. How are you? All right. Go right ahead, please. Well, a uh, little background. I, uh, I'm a terrorist. You're going to really have to talk into the mouthpiece because we can't hear you. Oh, okay. I uh, was born in Germany. I'm a U.S. citizen, and I uh, applied for a CHL here in Texas. And I had a federal background check, a state background check with fingerprinting, a, a mental background check. Then I had 10 hours of schooling. I had to pass a test written. I had to pass a test shooting. So it is not like everybody says, you just go out there and get a gun. That is just not even Texas. It is just not done. What kind of gun were you uh, applying for, purchasing? I uh, I have a, a semi-automatic, a forty caliber mm-hmm. handgun. Mm-hmm. Which is a but, common weapon. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? And, and th- there is already so much on background check. It costs over $500. Renewal is $180. So 
not everybody can really do that. But well, what you're saying, for, as an example, is very poor people in very dangerous neighborhoods in our inner cities can't defend themselves against gang violence and what takes place. These deaths, these casualties, and so forth, innocent, law-abiding, poor people in these communities are unable to defend themselves because they can't acquire a weapon. Meanwhile, people who want to acquire members, gangbangers and mass murderers and so forth, they have no problem getting them because they don't go through any process. And if they do go through a process, they use that process and abuse that process. All right, Laurie, thank you for your call. We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Last hour, I played for you a number of politicians, among others, who are demanding that Congress do something. Do something about these mass murders. Congress, not the state, not the locality, not the private. Congress must pass something. And then we'll all feel better. And I'm asking, well, what should Congress pass that would stop things like this? Joe Scarborough, the morning schmo. Cut nine, go. You talk to people that that are that, that we praise every day for keeping us safe, they'll all say there's no reason Americans should have military style right. weapons in their possession. Let right. let us stop right there. Number one, I talk to way more cops than he does, including NYPD. And they're not gun control nuts. Number two, I don't know what they mean by military-style weapons, and neither do they. Ladies and gentlemen, military weapons, not all, but prominent military weapons are automatic weapons. They automatically reload and refire. I just went through the rules, and those are just the federal rules. There are state rules, too, and some states just out, flat out ban them on automatic weapons, that is, machine guns, machine gun-type weapons. 
those could be considered military-style weapons. But a an AR-15, while it's dressed up to look like a military-style weapon, there's nothing military about it. The military version is an automatic weapon. The AR-15 requires you to keep pressing the trigger. You know what it's mostly used for? Hunting deer. Hunting deer. It would not be a weapon of choice for a mass murder. I mean, it may be among the weapons. But even putting that aside, a military-style weapon, is that a weapon that's, that looks like a military? What does that mean? It means nothing. Because they're illiterate on this subject, so they're not telling us specifically what weapon they're talking about and why that specific weapon should be banned, and even more importantly, how it will save lives to ban it. Most murders in this country are done with handguns, not long barrel rifles. In fact, the vast majority of murders in this country are with handguns, not military-style weapons. Go ahead. Reason whatsoever. And after Newtown, I had several pretty tough debates with some very good friends. And at the end of the day, there's only one reason for somebody to have these weapons in their hands. Only one reason, and it's only one. They will not say it in a radio debate or a TV debate. But it's because they think the government's coming to get them. And they want to have a stockpile of weapons. This is and and it, so so it's to kill American soldiers or uh, members of American government. No, I, I want you to listen to what a pathological buffoon this is. I want you to listen to what a pathological buffoon this is. After Newtown, I had several pretty tough debates with some very good friends, and at the end of the day. There's only one reason for somebody to have these weapons in their hands. Only one reason. And it's only one. They will not say it in the radio today or TV debate. It's because they think the government is coming to get them and they want to have a stockpile of weapons. And so it's to kill American soldiers or members of the American government. This is a blasphemous statement. This is just incredible. Are there nuts out there? Of course. There's nuts everywhere. But the idea that people would purchase a certain model of weapon by the thousands, if not tens of thousands of people out there purchasing them, it's because they want to kill members of the military, the American government, is an outrageous statement. Absolutely unbelievable. Go ahead. People that just like collecting and shooting, well, fine. You know what? You can do what other countries do. Register them. And, and, and put them, you know, in the gun, the gun clubs where they stay there. Right. But, but why do we have... What, what, what? You register them and put them in the gun clubs where they stay there? This guy obviously has no idea what he's talking about. None whatsoever. Register them and put them in the gun clubs where they stay there? I'm not a member of a gun club. I have five weapons. I keep them, you know, in my homes to protect myself and my family. I don't even take them outside. Unless I'm obviously 
practicing. And it's just, it's incredible. So I should give them to a gun club and keep them there as part of a registry? Now, obviously, that doesn't solve anything. If you want to kill somebody, you're not going to get a a gun that you're going to register and join a gun club and put it at and keep it at the gun club and keep your name on the registry. This is what I mean, how crazy these these ideas are. How is that going to stop mass murder? How is that going to stop gangs like MS-13 and other gangs from using weapons and killing people? It's not. How is that going to prevent people from committing suicide, which is by far, by far, the number one cause of death with guns in this country? Suicide. If you don't have the facts... If you're completely unfamiliar with this area, and yet your knee jerks all over the place, you think you have the answers, you just spew this stuff out there, this is what happens. Now let's go to cut 10. Rachel Maddow on MSNBC last night. Go ahead. But it's clear, according to FBI and local authorities, that this was one shooter, one man, who was able to assemble and set up enough apparently legal firepower that he, as a single person, created more victims than if he had crashed a fully loaded 747. A fully loaded 747? Now, Mr. Bidusi, do you know how many people can sit on a 747? It's six or seven hundred, right? Six or seven hundred. Six or seven hundred. So if you crashed a fully loaded 747, you would be killing six to seven hundred people. Again, this is the kind of outrageous propaganda and demagoguery that's going on right now. You know, folks, if there are solutions out there, and maybe there are, we're never going to find them with these kinds of Mindless, ideologically driven, showboating type comments. You'll never find solutions if there are solutions. And sometimes there aren't solutions. When you have people speaking like this. Now these nighttime comics have become enormously political. You know, I grew up in the day when they weren't political, when they tried to avoid it. Even if you thought they were liberal, Johnny Carson, among others, tried to avoid, even Jay Leno. You could tell he was kind of liberal every now and then, but he wasn't a liberal, you know, nighttime comic like Kimmel and the others. Like Kimmel and uh, Colbert and this Trevor Noah. But here is Kimmel last night, cut 11, go. Reading comments from people say this is terrible, but there's nothing we can do about it. But I disagree with that uh, intensely because, of course, there's something we can do about it. There are a lot of things we can do about it, but we don't. Which is well, tell us exactly that what we can do about it. If somebody is of a criminal mind and wants to kill people, tell me what we can do about that. Well, we ought to have laws. They're not going to follow the laws. Go ahead. When someone with a 
uh, beer to tax us. We tap phones. We invoke travel bans. We build walls. We take every possible precaution to make sure it doesn't happen again. But when an American because buys a genius, gun- we're at war, or they're at war with us. Not somebody with a beard. Notice how they project the stereotype on us. If somebody is shouting Allah Akbar, somebody is a jihadist, somebody has a particular background, and war has been declared on us, yes, you you have to be a sensible country that protects yourself. But there's it's much more complicated when the issue is somebody in the country, an American citizen, who's not on the radar. When somebody who is an American citizen, who hasn't broken any laws hitherto, or may not have a mental problem, at least not one that's known. Anyway, go ahead. Kills other Americans, then there's nothing we can do about that. And... Uh... Second Amendment, I guess, uh, our forefathers wanted us to have AK-47s, is the argument, uh, I assume. Orlando, Newtown, Aurora, San Bernardino. You know, this is, uh, this, it's not only not funny, it's really incoherent. Our forefathers, I assume, uh, they wanted us to have AK-47s. Our forefathers wanted us to be protected. Our forefathers wanted us to have liberty. And what's interesting to me is when they when they talk about the forefathers and what they wanted or didn't want, they're very, very selective. Tell me, Jimmy Kimmel, when our forefathers were alive, were they aware of network TV? No, they weren't aware of network TV. So why does the First Amendment apply to network TV? Why should it? Where our forefathers, when they were alive, was there network news? No, there wasn't network news. Well, then why should the First Amendment apply to network news? Really, why? Were there media conglomerates? No, there weren't media conglomerates. So why should the First Amendment apply to media conglomerates? We can go on and on with this, can't we? It's the principle. No, I'm not arguing for the purity of this amendment or that amendment, but I am arguing for the principle, and it's the principle against which these ideas and arguments should be judged. And then we draw our conclusions. Tell me, Jimmy Kimmel, just a question. When our forefathers wrote the First Amendment, when our forefathers in the Bill of Rights, spoke of equal protection. Were they talking about same-sex marriage? Of course they weren't. No, no, they weren't talking about same-sex marriage. Oh, I just want to make sure. On the one hand, the left hates the Founding Fathers. Remember, they want to pull down their statues because they were slave owners and this, that, and the other. On the other hand, they love quoting them, particularly when they think they can quote them in a way that advances their agenda. Cut 12, go. The Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan, a number of other lawmakers who won't do anything about this because the NRA has their balls in a money clip, also sent their thoughts and their prayers today. You know, this is really appalling uh, that we have Chuck Schumer stooge 
dressed up as a comic, now um, telling us about the NRA and how they control Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. Has it occurred to Mr. Kimmel that maybe their principles are aligned? It's not a matter of payoffs and money clips and all the rest. Stephen Colbert, cut 13, go. And the bar is so low right now that Congress can be heroes by doing literally anything. Universal background checks or come up with a better answer. What's a universal background check? Has he ever purchased a gun? Unless you purchase a gun from a relative, unless you purchase a gun from a private owner who is not in the business of selling guns, but is selling a one-off or a two-off, as I just said, and these guns are not and have not been uh, the, the cause for mass murders, you get a background check. So you get a universal background check. Here's another guy who has no idea what he's talking about. Go ahead. Force Obama's executive order that denied mentally ill gun purchases. Well, first of all, mentally ill gun purchases, that isn't even an accurate sentence. Are there mentally ill gun purchases? He means people who are mentally ill. What does that mean? I'll ask again. If somebody's psychotic or dangerous in terms of their mental illness and so forth and so on, you know, we all understand that. But if somebody has been depressed and they've had medicines or and so forth and so on and they're not depressed anymore, it's under, you can control. What does that mean? What do you need a letter from a psychologist or a psychiatrist or two of them? What does that mean? It's not so simple. I mean, a lot of these late no show hosts, they strike me as mentally ill, and yet there they are on TV. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Purchase a gun from a gun dealer. You don't acquire that gun until it goes through a background check system. It's called the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, NICS. And it's run by the FBI. And the FBI has processed more than 257 million background checks. And that process checks criminal records, state, local, federal, any adjudication of mental health issues that are available, uh, and whether you have any felonies, and issues like that. And they do it on the spot. It can take 30 minutes, it can take an hour, it can take 90 minutes, it depends. No system's perfect, but it's a pretty comprehensive system. If you've been adjudicated by a court, a board, a commission, or other lawful authority as having a mental defect, you're denied a gun. Um, and so I, I just want to point these things out. It's not like nothing is being done. When you listen to the left, it's like, we got to do something, we got to do something. And I'm asking tonight, well, what is it that we want to do exactly? There's a lot more arguments than I'm hearing tonight. 
and they're the usual arguments by the left. And I'm not hearing many of them. We'll do this a little bit longer, then we want to move along. And the only reason I'm doing this at all is because there's no escaping the left in this society, whether it's on TV or radio, in the newspapers or in the movies. And they're pushing their agenda, particularly the media. I'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. I wish to repeat that the only reason I'm doing this tonight is to counter what's taking place in the mass media. If I don't fight this, really nobody else will. Nobody else will, not point for point. And I don't see how we come up with workable constitutional solutions when we have this flailing around by the left with their iron fist, the disinformation, the ignorance that's going on. The same people who've been trashing police officers for months, for years, when we saw what the police officers did as well as heroes of every walk of life, when this barbarian subhuman was shooting into the crowd, You know, great news, ladies and gentlemen. Chaminet has extended their crazy Genesel warehouse clearance sale. Call them right now to get double your order of Genesel for free. Genesel is a natural plant stem cell treatment with advanced peptides for the pesky bags and puffiness under the eyes. And with Genesel's immediate effects, you'll see amazing results in about 12 hours. Call now and get double your order of Genesel for free. I have family members and dear friends who use it, and they love it. And Genesel is backed by the best customer service in the business and an ironclad 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee. That is a big deal. A 60-day, ironclad, 100% money-back guarantee. But I'm not finished. Call now, and you'll get a two-month supply of the legendary Deep Firming Serum, also free. Call in the next 20 minutes. Clock is ticking. Get a free two-month supply of Esotique RF, Chamonix's most popular wrinkle treatment for free. That's your fourth free gift. So call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to www.genesel.com. Double your Genesel order. Get the Deep Firming Serum and Esotique free while supplies last. Order now. Shipping's also free. 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604, that's 800-SKIN-604. Well, there's a columnist, Matt Vespa. 538 is this group. That's really a statistical group. It is a, it is a group that prides itself on trying to stick to the facts. And uh, it's led by an individual who used to work for the New York Times, of all places. And they've taken a look at this issue. They've taken a look at this issue, and here's what they point out. They say, A, mass shootings are rare. B, the people who commit them are different. C, they don't make up the majority of gun crimes. D, 
There are other factors regarding gun crimes in America that won't be fixed by the ineffectual proposals that are currently being peddled by the anti-gun left. Concerning homicides, the majority of the victims are male. The overwhelming majority of victims are black. Women are the least likely demographic to be murdered by a gun unless it's a mass shooting in which they make up 50% of the victims. They also noted that 54% of mass shootings involve domestic or family violence. The homicide rate has dropped precipitously, though suicides have risen, especially among women. Let's see. Uh, there, is no, there is no easy fix, as 538 points out. And uh, the one they're pushing, more background checks, won't yield the results the left is hoping for and blow an opportunity to cut down at least some of these societal ills. I mean, the suicide rate, as a matter of fact, has been increasing significantly. And that is the major reason for uh, gun violence, so-called gun violence. It's thrown in with gun violence. So the incessant talk about more background checks isn't going to resolve a thing. Isn't going to resolve a thing. And these other proposals that they're making, this is 583 or whatever they are. It's not me. But I'm just trying to think as a logical matter. And as long as we keep chasing nonsense, we're not going to come up with what might be thoughtful solutions. And again, there may not be solutions that are available. Certainly not as easy as people. we got to get rid of military-style weapons. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll repeat this. You're not allowed to possess military-style weapons. If they're talking about military-looking weapons or weapons that are held like military weapons, okay, got it. But many military weapons are automatic weapons. And we've been through this now several times. I'm not going to go through it again. They talk about the gun show loophole. 2% of the guns purchased legally at gun shows are involved in homicides. Almost none of the guns that are purchased from individual to individual, private individuals, not dealers, not federal licensed dealers. Almost none of the, the murders, homicides in this country involve those weapons. So when they call, keep talking about close the gun show loophole, close the gun show loophole, again, it's an irrelevancy. It's an irrelevancy. And yet, I bet you've made that argument yourself because it sounds easy. It's not so easy. A few more, then I want to move on. Let's see, although you all want to talk about this. Let's get Andrew, Huntsville, Alabama, the great WVNN. Go. Hello, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. I think you have a point here. Maybe the solution isn't further regulation of uh, legal purchases, but further penalties for illegal sales. Well, that's fine, but most gun dealers who are federally licensed aren't involved in illegal sales, unless, of course, it's fast and furious, and they're doing it on behalf of Eric Holder and Barack Obama. Illegal sales, I mean, I have no problem with that. But illegal sales occur through what's called a black market, because they're illegal sales. And, uh, you know, we have the Chinese who are exporting weapons into this country, and in many respects illegally, as are other countries. But I have no problem with, with you know, dropping another hammer on illegal sales uh, if there's 
prosecutor is willing to prosecute them. <clears throat> that doesn't bother me in the least. But, again, I'm not sure how that would change this situation. And we don't know enough about this situation, do we, in order to know. All right, Andrew, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Norman, Clemens, North Carolina, Sirius Satellite, go. Yes, two things. Uh, thank you, Mr. Levine, for listening. One, on the one that called you earlier about the psychiatrist or psychologist, whatever the case might be, with the political correct world we have, you get a psychologist or a psychiatrist who is anti-gun. Look at our judges, the way they rule now. Nobody listens, well, that's to, true. The, uh, listens to the Constitution. So you're putting your hands in one person who might be anti-gun. That's the and, and, and Norman, let me ask you a question. Seriously, like I said to that gentleman. If it's your, if you're planning on spending four days in a hotel room on the 32nd floor, and you've planned everything out from breaking the windows with a hammer, and you've got 23 weapons, and you've got cameras in the hallway, and you're taking pictures of yourself with cameras in the room, apparently this is all the case. You're going to go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and get an opinion? This is true, and you would lie anyway. But my, my, my real quick second point. Uh, I am prior military, yes, I'm uh, a veteran. But if you were to do that same thing with the psychiatrist, psychologist, and that was a mental condition, 80% probably, and I'm ballparking, combat veterans wouldn't be, out of, be allowed to have sidearms or rifles. Now, my grandkids asked me real quickly, and I have a 13-year-old, 9-year-old, each one asked separately, uh, Grandpa, would you... When would you use your sidearm? I have a concealed weapon. And I basically told them, I know what to do with a gun. I would only use it for protection of my family, of course, myself or anybody in family. Or if I'm somewhere and someone crazy person's doing something, I would protect other people. That, that would mm-hmm. be the only time. We're smart enough to realize that. And I don't think these nuts out there have a clue as to what's going on in the world that you are leery wherever you go now. And and how many mass murders? Maybe this guy had a concealed weapon permit, but it wouldn't. But what he did wouldn't be as a result of having a concealed weapon permit, right? He was accumulating weapons for the purpose of slaughtering people. You're not going to stop. And I hate to be pessimistic. The military again. You can make as many contingencies as you want, but you get that one lone nut. There's no way to stop them. I don't care what laws you pass. If someone wants to go out and kill somebody. And as crazy as they are, and that's what it takes, they got to be totally nut job, uh, especially that guy there in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, mm. Then there's nothing, any law, anything is, and you've hit it all. There's no way to stop it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard of the Kellogg Brion Pact of 1928? No, I have not, sir. This was an agreement by a majority of the world's countries to outlaw war. It was signed on August 27, 1928. I mention this sometimes. It was a pact uh, between these countries to outlaw war. And it was pushed by peace activists in this country and other countries. Uh, Our Secretary of State, Frank Kellogg, was one of the advocates for this. How did that work out in 1928? What happened just a few years later? War broke out. Right. World War II, not that long thereafter. Not that thereafter. I know. But they passed a law. They outlawed war. Laws are for the people that aren't going to break them. 
and basically someone wants to break a law, they're going to do it no matter what you do. To, you know, If they really want to break it, they're going to break it. That's human nature. It's human nature. We can't All control right. it. Thank you for your service, my friend. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Seems to me these nighttime liberal Democrat comics, Casey Kimmel, uh, Schumer's mouthpiece, they have an obligation to tell us what their solutions are. And they'll say more background checks, and they'll say, you know, mentally ill shouldn't have this. We've, we've addressed every one of these. They ought to tell us how these would stop the mass murders that have taken place, or how they would stop people from committing suicide, or how they would stop people from getting guns illegally. Or how they would stop uh, MS-13 and other gangs in our inner cities from doing what they do with guns. Maybe they can explain this to us. Maybe they can explain the so-called gun show loophole that I've spent some time now explaining to you, because they always throw that up. Universal background checks. There are universal background checks. You purchase a gun from a gun dealer... The FBI has a database, it has a system, and it checks it. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we have common sense gun rules in place. And I support them. And I support them. If there's something else we can do that actually is commonsensical, then let's hear it. But we're not hearing it. We're not hearing it at all. Because the left leaps... And leaps and leaps. That's what they do. They're not circumspect. And if you don't buy into their propaganda, then apparently there's something wrong with you. You support mass murder and you should pray for yourselves tonight and all the rest. This is all pablum. This is all pablum. I'm not a uh, special pleader for the NRA. The NRA has nothing to do with this. The NRA is a, an association of people who freely join it. For a multitude of reasons. But so what? These are my personal views. You know, and before Obama was president, I never owned a weapon. When they kept talking about banning this and banning that, I said, well, if they're banning things, I better make sure I, uh, I get some of them. And I have them. It's no big deal. They're no big deal. <clears throat> the same people who have voted to arm... The Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, with $150 billion, to spread terrorism, to expand its control in the Middle East, to threaten us, who know that that money will be used in 10 years' time, to put nuclear warheads on ICBMs aimed at America, aimed at our allies, and so forth. Talking about gun control, well, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Nuclear arms control, not so much, right? We don't even need background checks on the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran. Do we? Military-style guns? No, these are nuclear missiles. The real deal. We don't need background checks. We know who they are. 
And a nuclear weapon, let me suggest to you, is worse than any automatic weapon. Because it can blow half the country up the face of the earth with one missile. And yet we're told they're the ones who are compassionate. How come Jimmy Kimmel doesn't talk about this? How come Stephen Colbert doesn't talk about this? How come Trevor Noah doesn't talk about this, even though nobody ever hears him? And the other losers, the other third-tier comics who have night shows with IQs and the negatives. Because it's a little too complicated for them. No, because they're ideologues. That's all. They're comics who are ideologues. If you're still getting your news and commentary from the mainstream media, may I ask you a question? Why? If you're watching the mainstream media, you're missing out on the most important thing, the truth. At CRTV, we're giving you something you won't find anywhere else, a truly honest and conservative perspective. Get a full week of CRTV for free right now. Try it out. I want to strongly encourage you. Your life is too busy to sit around watching, you know, these uh, mouthpieces on cable TV and network TV and satellite TV. Join me on Levin TV, where we're covering the latest on North Korea, Dhaka, Iran, Las Vegas, and most importantly, how we retain what is great about our country and how we get our greatness back. We're gearing up for an exciting fall season. We're adding new shows, and you won't want to miss a minute of it. Along with about 200 episodes a year of Levin TV, with yours truly, you'll get unlimited access to shows from Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, Steve Dace, Matt Kibbe, and many, many more who are on the way. I'm very excited about one in particular, and we'll be able to announce it, I think, at the end of October. Now, if you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and give us a call. Our folks are there right now, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Join the media revolution. Again, that's 844-LEVIN-TV. Now, in the next hour, I want to tell you about something. Today is October 3rd. Twelve days from now, the President of the United States has to make a decision. This is what I want to discuss with you, and I want your input, too. One of the greatest threats to America is this regime in Tehran. And they don't believe in gun control. They don't believe in nuclear missile control. Just thought I'd tell you. There was a deal cut with this regime by our prior regime. And it's the worst imaginable deal which enables this terrorist regime, who keeps saying death to America, to perfect their ICBMs, their intercontinental ballistic missiles, and at the end of 10 years, to put nuclear warheads on those missiles. In 12 days, the President of the United States has to make a decision. The very same President who campaigned against this deal. Will the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, will he embrace his campaign promise and decertify? That's the word, decertify, under the Iran deal. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? how much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. 
This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm going to jump into an issue. That is far more important than NFL players taking the knee. It's a life and death issue, quite frankly. And it involves nuclear missiles and Iran. It's something that will not be discussed tonight on MSLSD, on the Constipated News Network, CNN, It will not be discussed on NBC or ABC or CBS. It will not be written about in the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost. But I want us to focus on this, not just tonight, but on other occasions. There's a deadline coming, October 15th, 12 days away, almost 11 days away. It's a deadline under the Iran Nuclear Agreement Review Act. The INARA of 2015. Every 90 days under this law, the administration certifies or doesn't certify Iran's compliance with the deal. Now, the State Department under Rex Tillerson has certified this deal twice even though the regime in Iran is clearly violating fundamental terms. And the President of the United States campaigned and said it's the worst deal ever. Well, it's not just the worst deal ever. It's with one of the most evil regimes ever in Iran. Iran has expanded its power since this agreement has been signed throughout Syria. Throughout Yemen, it overthrew the government there. Throughout Iraq, it is pouring hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars into Hezbollah, a terrorist organization, as you well know. Into Hamas, another terrorist organization, as you well know. It's preparing for war through its surrogates and worse. With Israel, with Saudi Arabia, with Egypt, you name it. And of course... Intercontinental ballistic missiles changes everything. Because that means you put nuclear warheads on those things, you can hit America. And in some respects, Iran is more dangerous than North Korea. 
Iran is a jihadist-oriented regime. It preaches. It preaches the destruction of all peoples, of all countries, of all governments that do not comport with or comply with Islam. It is a mortal enemy of the United States. And what Barack Obama did to this country, our country, is the worst, the worst that any president has ever done in the form of an agreement with any other power, as far as I'm concerned and others are. The President of the United States, Donald Trump, was unequivocal that he would withdraw from this deal. Unequivocal. And now that he's President of the United States, he can see up close and personal what a disaster it is, the deal itself, and the non-compliance by the regime in Tehran. And now as President of the United States, he has the power to do something about it. On October 15th, the President of the United States should order his administration to decertify. That's the word that's used. To decertify. And he should take the next step. Not try to fix the agreement, but abrogate it. That is, withdraw from it. And return to a, an aggressive sanctions regime against the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, a regime that tortures, brutalizes, murders its own people, as well as people in other parts of the world, a regime that is becoming enormously powerful and a great threat to the United States. The President rightly, rightly, talks about how prior administrations failed to deal directly with North Korea, and as a result, this President, this administration, has to deal with an out-of-control, rogue dictator who inherited a country from his father, who inherited it from his father in North Korea. And it's enormously serious, because now they have upwards of 60 nuclear weapons, and they're threatening America. It is the responsibility of this president to make sure future presidents and future generations don't have to deal with the same problem when it comes to Iran. But even worse, as I just pointed out, Iran has demonstrated that it will spread terrorism throughout the world. Iran has demonstrated that it will kill American soldiers, as it has and as it will continue to do. Iran has demonstrated that it will overthrow other countries in the Middle East and in North Africa. Iran has demonstrated that it wants war through its surrogates, and directly. And that's exactly what it's done. Rather than continuing to pump resources into this regime, rather than continuing to allow our companies to do business with this regime, rather than allowing our allies to do business with this regime, rather than insisting, insisting that they stop. The question is, will the president do what he said he would do? And now that he's president, he knows what he must do. Now, he's under great pressure from Rex Tillerson, who is a disastrous secretary of state. He's under pressure now from the secretary of defense, Mattis, 
who's really way out of line when it comes to Iran, who hinted today that he supported the deal and then tried to walk it back. To me, Mattis ought to be focusing on rebuilding the United States military and trying to get the funds necessary to do so, rather than get involved in foreign policy. So there is a battle within the administration. And what the president needs to do on October 15th is decertify. And then he needs to take the next step, decertify and withdraw. And John Bolton wrote a brilliant piece in National Review Online that you can, you can get off the Internet and check yourself. First of all, this deal is fundamentally flawed, as pointed out by the Heritage Foundation. It gave Tehran massive sanctions relief in return for temporary and easily reversible concessions. The nuclear deal has not moderated Iran's foreign policy. In fact, it has stepped up its malign activities, so decertification is compelled. Now, stick with me. Every 90 days, the administration is required by law to certify four conditions related to this deal. Number one, and I quote, Iran is transparently, verifiably, and fully implementing the agreement, including all related technical or additional agreements. Number two, Iran has not committed a material breach with respect to the agreement, or if Iran has committed a material breach, Iran has cured the material breach. Number three, Iran has not taken any action, including covert activities, that could significantly advance its nuclear weapons program. Number four, excuse me, suspension of sanctions related to Iran pursuant to this agreement is appropriate and proportionate to the specific and very, forget about number four. It's impossible to argue that it is vital to the national security interest of the United States to continue granting billions of dollars of sanctions relief that will only strengthen the Islamo-Nazi regime that leads chance of death to America, exports terrorism, threatens U.S. allies, harasses U.S. Navy warships in the Persian Gulf, defies U.N. Security Council resolutions on ballistic missile tests, arms imports and arms exports, and arrests innocent American citizens to hold as hostages. All of these actions violate the letter and the spirit of the Obama-Corker-Islamo-Nazi deal. Iran is in non-compliance of the deal. Four specific ways in addition to what I just read to you. Number one, operating more advanced uranium enrichment centrifuges than is permitted and announcing the capability to initiate mass production of centrifuges. Number two, exceeding limits on production and storage of heavy water, a substance needed to operate plutonium producing heavy water nuclear reactors. Number three, covertly procuring nuclear and missile technology outside of the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action approved channels. And number four, refusing to allow IAEA, that is UN inspectors, access to nuclear research and military facilities. And Fred Flights, a gentleman I've known for decades, he's a national security expert, he worked for a quarter century at the CIA, points this out, as does our friend John Bolton. And so, in order for the president to certify, he has to show that Iran is transparently and fully implementing the agreement. Clearly, Iran is doing the opposite. Number two, Iran has not committed a material breach of the agreement. Clearly, Iran has. Number three, Iran is not engaging in activities that could significantly advance its nuclear weapons program. Clearly, it is. Number four, the agreement is vital to the national security interests of the United States. 
The opposite is true. Decertification and abandoning this agreement is vital to the national security interests of the United States. So there's two parts of this. I want you to remember, because it's going to become a hot issue in just a few days, which is why we're trying to get in front of this. On October 15th, the president should decertify. But that's not enough. He'll be attacked by the left. He'll be attacked by the establishment. He'll be attacked by the media. He'll be attacked by the, the foreign policy, uh, you know, entrenched uh, types. But who cares? That's not enough to decertify. You can decertify and try to fix the agreement or decertify and get the hell out of it. The president must decertify and get the hell out of it. There's no halfway course with an evil regime that will lie and lie and lie to accomplish what it wants. And this is not an inside-the-beltway debate, ladies and gentlemen. If we don't get out of this deal, if we don't decertify and walk away from this deal, and encircle Iran with economic sanctions and really focus on taking out that regime. We don't have to go to war with that regime. There are ways to do it. We did it with the Soviet Union. We can do it with this regime. And the sanctions were actually working, by the way. We must reject Obama's foreign policy. We must reject John Kerry's foreign policy. We must reject this deal, which did not go through the treaty process in the United States Senate for a reason. And we must be very mindful and watchful of little tricks, little tricks that the president might choose to uh, participate in if he gets bum advice. And that is to decertify and to try and fix it, or to decertify and say, I want to run it back through the Senate, through the treaty process. No. No. Decertify it and kill it. And then, in, in, then go about your own foreign policy in dealing with Iran. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. While I'm in the Middle East, or thereabouts, in that neighborhood, there's one more subject I would like to bring up. And that is the Kurds. The Kurds are Muslims. And they've aligned themselves with the United States. And they're a democratic people. They have a civilized society. They're the largest ethnic minority without a country. They are repeatedly brutalized by one regime after another. Whether it's Turkey, or Syria, or Iraq, or Iran. I support the Kurds. And I support their vote in support of an Iraqi Kurdistan. These are good people. There's roughly 40 million Kurds in Iran, Iraq, Syria, Turkey after the uh, Ottoman Empire fell. And they were the victims of a secret agreement between the French and the British in 1916. They were left out while they were carving up the Middle East. The Kurds were left out. 
The Kurds supported us in Iraq against Saddam Hussein. The Kurds supported us, and they're still supporting us in fighting ISIS in the Middle East. They are warriors. They want their liberty. They want their liberty. And they are a reliable, and have been for decades, a reliable ally of the United States. Our country, under our Secretary of State Tillerson, and he's not the only one, has admonished the Kurds for voting for their own country and their independence. It's appalling to me, absolutely appalling to me. The Palestinians, so-called, Hamas and Fatah, they have rejected the effort by the Kurds to have their own country. Isn't that ironic? Since the Kurds have a far longer, far more substantive claim to Kurdistan and a nation than the Palestinians ever did or ever will. And you can date back very, very long time where the Kurds have lived in these areas as Kurds. The Kurdish Peshmerga troops have been outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And they have taken a lot of casualties. And they're under attack by Turkey, by the Islamo-fascist Erdogan. They're under attack by Syria and the fascist who slaughters his own people there. They're under attack by the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. And they're even under attack by our wonderful allies in Iraq. We refuse to recognize an independent Kurdistan. We refuse to support their independence and their liberty. While at the same time we keep talking about a two-state solution with the Palestinians. Europe does exactly the same thing. Why are we turning our backs on these people? You know, we talk about wanting to deal with moderate Muslims. The Kurds are exactly the kind of people we want to deal with. They're our allies. They love America. And yet we've turned our backs on the Kurds. I support a Kurdistan. If not now, when? The Kurds want their own country. The Kurds, unlike the Palestinians, have earned and deserve their own country. And history bears that out. I'll be right back. Conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, uh, you know, you come off looking like a schmo when you say what I'm about to say, but I'll say it anyway. You know, I'm a big fan of the Fox News Channel. And I have friends on the Fox News Channel. But I would ask if people 
whether it's the Fox News Channel or elsewhere, are going to lift things that I've just done on this show, at least try and make it look like you're not lifting from this show. I've spent almost two hours on this program, what, about an hour and a half, debating, well, what's the solution? Let's have gun control. Great. Now, what do you want to do? And the truth is people do not have real solutions that would have stopped this mass murder or any mass murder. And so I decided to go through with this, as I did on Levin TV earlier today, and you'll, you'll see that tonight, those of you who have it. 90 minutes. So you would think. Anyway, I've made my point. Plagiarism in one form or another is a poison in this business. It just is, whether it's radio or TV. And so I believe some of the conservative hosts have figured out Stop playing defense and press the case. Take it to the left. Force them to tell us what their resolutions are. Force them to tell us what their legislation would look like. Force them. That is, expose them. Because they have no real world, realistic solutions. They simply do not. And sometimes there aren't any. And so when they keep throwing the same shibboleths out there, the same platitudes out there, they need to be confronted. Because if there is a solution out there somewhere, if there is a needle in a haystack, it's very difficult to find it when they keep throwing straw in your face. And this has been my point all night long. And now it is the point of a number of the hosts on our favorite cable channel who drive into Washington and New York where we're heard among 350 other affiliates. It's just Mr. Producer and I are kind of laughing, aren't we, Rich? Like, gee whiz, you know. It's a little weird. You know, there's a wonderful, wonderful service out there, and it's called Upside. We've been talking about it, but if you're involved in business travel, you really should pay attention to this. If you travel for business, you know it's a game of wins and losses. Popping open an overhead bin and finding it empty, that's a win. Sleeping through a wake-up call, that's a loss. Buying your business trip at Upside.com, well, let me tell you something. That's not just a win. That's a triple win. With the amazing six-star, not five-star, six-star treatment you'll get from Upside's customer service specialist, who they call navigators. One recent Upside customer was called away for an emergency meeting and had to miss his wife's birthday. So... An Upside Navigator sent her flowers to try and help ease the disappointment. Upside Navigators are instantly accessible 24-7 by voice, chat, email, or message on the Upside app. Even reaching out to you with useful information to help you avoid a problem before it happens. And I'm going to start your Upside six-star treatment right now. Go to Upside.com. Upside.com. Use my code. That's my first name, Mark. You'll get a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, you not only get great trips, you not only get comfortable trips, they're not only there to help you with your trip, you're also rewarded with a gift card. That's Upside.com, code mark for a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com when you buy your next business trip at Upside.com. 
Upside.com, you deserve a better business trip. Minimum purchase required. You can see the site for complete details. But again, that's Upside.com. Make sure you use the special code, my first name, Mark, so all the discounts kick in. Upside.com, code Mark. All right. Let's take a call. Boom, 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 boom. Sandy, Ocala, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. Yes, Mark, a pleasure. Uh, I wanted to uh, bring up a couple of things, uh, re- reference this uh, gun control issue. Yes, sir. Uh, I've been involved in it in the industry for 50 years and uh, have a pretty good perspective, but we live right now under a, the Gun Control Act of 1968, which was a piece of knee-jerk legislation, uh, a result of some terrible tragedies. Uh, it was uh, ill-conceived and passed, and that's what we live under right now here in this country. But at the same time that we were getting the Gun Control Act of 68, the government of Mexico, which is a relatively large country, and also heavily populated. They were afraid of a a citizen revolution in their country. And so they took a much more drastic step, and they eliminated the possession of firearms by the citizenry. They made it illegal uh, for you to own any firearm, rifle, pistol, shotgun, twenty-two rifle, or even one round of ammunition. And that is the same law that the citizens in Mexico now must abide by. They've been abiding by this for 50 years. If they violate the law, there are severe penalties, uh, prison, and uh, fines. Now, uh, that hasn't really worked out so well for them, has it? No, as you well know, they have these brutal cartels which have every weapon imaginable. Exactly, and the citizens are petrified of the cartels, the gangs, uh, the violence. uh, And the the country can't do a damn thing about it, the government. Yeah, but that's uh, an example, and I like examples, just like for socialism, when you take Venezuela as an example. Well, here's an example. The left would love it. Let's ban all firearms in America, and maybe in 50 years we'll be as good as Mexico. Yeah, right. That's an excellent example, Sandy. I appreciate your calling. All right, Lee in the Bronx, the great WABC. Go. Thank you for taking my call, Mark. Yes, sir. It occurred to me that it would be a good idea if we would teach responsible gun handling and uh, maybe marksmanship in school. Well, by, by the way, that used to be done, you know. I didn't know that. A lot of schools had um, small ranges in their basement. And in parts of the country, but it's it's almost unheard of today. It seems like it would be a great idea to let everybody, you know, learn responsible gun handling. Not if your goal is to uh, remove guns. Uh, then you're not interested in responsible gun handling. You're interested in people surrendering their guns. No, it kind of scares me that um, the direction that a lot of people want to go is to like take away the guns from the citizenry and more heavily let, let me ask you a question don't, don't you find it interesting that the, the most of these radical gun control advocates are anti-cop anti-law enforcement 
They go on and on about criminal justice reform, that is, letting people out of prison who they say haven't committed, you know, you know, violent crimes. But, of course, a lot of these uh, criminals plead down uh, to offenses uh, in order to avoid trials and uh, because prosecutors have a very, you know, long list of prosecutions. The docket is full. And so in order to move a case along, often that's what's done. So we have these 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 conflicting um, sort of policies from the left. Trash the cops, trash law and order, root for Antifa, um, uh, get rid of uh, the Reagan-era sentencing guidelines, press this case for uh, sentencing reform or criminal justice reform, that's what they like to call it, uh, and at the same time, of course, uh, really beat down on, on the millions and millions of gun owners in this country who don't do a damn thing illegal and wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, and I, I get along really great with the cops. I paint pictures in, in Manhattan on the street, and I know all the cops. They all talk to me, and they, they help me out all the time. I like to see it come to a country where only the police have weapons. and uh... No, that would be a disaster. And the cops don't want that either. Look, the police can't be everywhere, and they're and they're way outnumbered. And if somebody brags into your home, um, you know, you have an immediate choice. If you have a gun, do you grab the gun or do you grab the telephone? In my case, I grab the first, and then I'll deal with the second later. All right, Lee, thanks for your call. And, you know, this isn't an academic discussion. We have city after city, state after state, which is hostile to the Second Amendment. And where violence is unbelievable, like in Chicago and in Illinois. Now look what they've done in New Jersey and New York, in New York State, let alone New York City. These aren't safer places as a result either. In fact, for law-abiding Americans, they're more dangerous as a result. Um, 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 uh, well, we're getting callers now who are obviously pro-Second Amendment. What I'm trying to find is people with solutions. The gun control crowd, the common sense gun reform crowd, and we haven't had any solutions. We get the usual platitudes which would have zero effect on the mass murder in Las Vegas, the mass murders that have occurred in my lifetime, and the murder that is occurring every day, particularly in our inner cities, and particularly in the black communities, quite frankly. And that's the kind, that's the attention that that deserves. Jeffrey, Sumpner, South Carolina. Gee, I think something happened there once. On the Mark Levin app, how are you? It's an honor to speak with you, sir. I want to let you know that you changed my life. I'm a 21-year veteran in the Army. My father was a veteran. My son was a veteran. My son is a police officer. And you changed my life one night when I was driving and heard your show and you got me to join the convention of states and i volunteered in indiana and we got it passed in indiana thanks to you no but thanks to guys and gals like you that's terrific thank you for your service your whole family thank you and i want to give you one idea for your next book and this is how to stop mass shootings like we just experienced yeah Uh, the true solution which you show in your last book which i bought four of uh, your last book gives us the solution. If we return to what the founders wrote and teach our children t- 
to be patriotic and God-fearing and put the Ten Commandments back at the courthouse and put prayer back in the schools, we will eliminate these horrific killings, which we never had before. But we're up against a force that takes the opposite view. And quite frankly, they are pretty much in charge of the culture now. They have devoured, the, in many respects, the civil society. So Convention of States is really the only constitutional way that I'm aware of in which we can restore this republic and in restoring the republic move towards you know nurturing what used to be our culture anyway sir I want to thank you for your service I'll be right back You know, my buddy Kyle Cox, an owner of Houston-based Blindster.com, is helping his city recover from the ravages of Harvey. A, por- a portion of every purchase from Blindster.com, that's BlindsTER.com, goes to the city of Houston's Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. Now, Kyle will give you a great deal on custom blinds, shades, or shutters while you help the folks in Houston at the same time. Blindster.com showed me how easy it is to measure and install my own blinds, and they can show you too. Kyle started the entire online window treatment industry. You'll always get Kyle's personal fit or free guarantee. And if for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if you messed up, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free. You only pay for shipping. And get this, Kyle gives you, my listeners, a whopping 40% off your entire order. So if you can use a tape measure and turn a screwdriver, you can install custom-made window treatments. Enter promo code MARK at checkout for 40% off your entire order while helping the people of Houston at the same time. That's blindster.com, blindster.com, promo code MARK. I hope you'll use it. I hope you'll check it out. All right. Take a few more calls here. All right. Brian, Salinas, California, the great K-I-O-N. Go. Hey, how are you doing, Mark? So so glad to speak with you. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I, I would tell you um, I am a, a hardcore lefty, but at the same time, I'm just giving you a heads up. I want to be respectful and have a debate with you. Why are you a hardcore lefty? Don't you believe in liberty? I believe that the human spirit, the human mind, and the human... Well, human life is more important than money, basically. Okay, and let me ask you a question. How do you feed yourself? Good. No, I want to have a discussion. How do you feed yourself? I work. How do you feed? How do you feed the human stomach? No, I I, I work. Okay, I don't have to. And 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 why do you work? My whole life. Why do you work? You know what? Can we get beyond this? No, I don't want to get beyond this. This is very very interesting to me. You say you're for humanity, not money, and I'm telling you that capitalism is the most humane model on the face of the earth. You want to know why? Because you can get up in the middle of the night, and you can go to a 7-Eleven and eat anything you want. In North Korea or in these other uh, backwards-type countries, you can get up in the middle of the night and starve to death. You don't don't even, even... We'll get to the guns. 
Don't worry. You don't even realize how great this country is. All right, let's get to guns. Go ahead. Actually, I do. Okay. Actually, you don't. If you're a leftist, you believe in fundamental transformation of the country. I'm a leftist. I believe that fundamentally wealth has been transferred to the upper echelons of society. No, you don't. You believe in big, iron-fisted governments, departments, and and, uh, agencies with faceless bureaucrats who advance an ideological left-wing centralized government agenda. It's the golden if you're rule. so concerned, if you the golden rule does not come out of progressivism. The golden rule comes out of the laws of nature and nature's God. That's where it comes from. That's not conservatism. That's Americanism. That's your, pay attention. I'm educating you. That's your declaration of independence. Now, let me ask you something. This redistribution of wealth. Who are the people who are redistributing wealth? What are their names? Their names are Koch brothers, Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell. So the Koch brothers, Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell... They're not even involved in my life, sir. I earn what I earn. Other people earn what they earn. You go to work each day. Koch brothers have nothing to do with you. A millionaire. What are my chances of becoming a millionaire by working really well, hard? Well, by listening to you, your chances are zilch. Longer, huh? You have no I've chances. Of, you have, I've I'm educating you. Quiet. You have no chances of becoming a millionaire. Number one, you don't want to become a millionaire. Number two... You don't want to put the time and effort into becoming a millionaire. You I'm sit there with a pay attention to me, pal. You sit there with this massive chip on your shoulder, spitting out the usual talking points of left-wing ideologues. If you want to become a millionaire, this is the only country where schmoes like you can become a millionaire. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now get off my phone and get to work. Get to work. Pay your taxes, you leftist. Well, I enjoyed that one myself. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our military, our armed forces, that is. We salute our police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And all you, my fellow Americans, you're magnificent, who believe in liberty, the rule of law, and love this place. I'll see you tomorrow, America. Check out Levin TV tonight as well. God bless. Be well.